This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. I'm Walter Rigobon. With me this morning, as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. This is uh, going to be a fantastic show today. It's our year-end wrap-up show and uh, with us in studio today, we're... We're pleased to announce is Nav Batia, the Raptor superfan, prominent community leader and prominent businessman. Good morning and welcome to the Naz Wally Sports Hour, Nav. Good morning to everybody who's listening to the program. A very good Sunday morning. Thank you and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really looking forward to uh, talking to you this morning. Uh, the bottom end of the hour, Naz, we're going to be giving away the first ever Nazi and Wally Awards, the uh, top 10 interviews of the year. And uh, we've had some fascinating and interesting guests on this show this year, and we're certainly, we've ranked them. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, sharing our top ten with our listeners, and uh, we, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the, uh, the hot story in town today. Uh, we're certainly going to be talking the Raptors' great victory with NAV shortly, but uh, World Junior Tournament is uh, starting to take, uh, take the country by storm. And it's uh, so far they're talking about the Connor McDavid and the Jack Eichel show. Canada off to a great start, two and zero, and uh, Eichel looked fantastic uh, in the game, uh, U.S. game against uh, Finland on on Friday afternoon. Uh, your impressions so far, Ness? Well, my impressions are of, of a hockey player that uh, a son of a hockey player that played for the least, Ty Domi's son Max has been fantastic. He's probably been the best player in the tournament. I didn't know he. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. He is really, really slick out there. And Max Domi, what a great player! Yeah, it's a great player. An interesting part about Max Domi: last year, Don Cherry made a big, uh, big brouhaha when they cut Max Domi. Didn't make the Canadian Junior Team last year, and and Don Cherry I remember going on the air uh, saying he thought that was a mistake, and certainly looks like uh, Don Cherry was his usual prophetic self, and uh, and uh, having an appreciation for Max. Domi's talents, and certainly uh, Max Domi has uh, has looked great so far. The uh, the the number the, the consensus number one and number two picks in the uh, in the draft this year: Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel. I saw Jack Eichel play on Friday. I was thoroughly impressed with this young man. He's got every he's got all the tools. He's made an incredible play behind uh, behind the behind the net to set up the first American goal and. Uh, uh, all over the ice, U.S. U.S. coach seems to be double shifting him. Power play, uh, uh, penalty kill. He's all over the place. Uh, fantastic player, and of course, Connor McDavid. Uh, what can you say about him? Yeah, Connor McDavid is uh, probably going to go number one, and Eichel is number two. But both of them are one, 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 one A type of players. 
Um, fi- I find the Canadian team very talented, though. They're uh, pretty deep. They haven't given up a goal in the uh, two games. They won 8 nothing against Slovakia. And they beat uh, Germany last night 4 nothing. So it looks like Canada's team is uh, on its way to at least challenging for gold. And really quickly, we have uh, an intern on our show, Josh, that's a big fan of, uh, of William uh, Nylander, the kid, the Leaf kid, who uh, apparently Sweden's been playing in Toronto and they've been chanting, go Leafs, go at the Sweden game. So uh, this kid looks like uh, may, uh, may turn out to be the real deal for the Leafs. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Uh, Sweden's been pretty impressive, too. That's what I see in the final, Sweden and Canada going uh, head-to-head in the final. Anyways, uh, it's going to be a great week of world junior hockey that gets a little bit tougher for Team Canada this week. we got the Finns, who are always a tough, uh, really a tough, uh, tough nut to crack, and the U.S., who is a multi-talented team on New Year's Eve. Uh, that's going to be a fantastic game and the game of the week, uh, probably. So we're certainly looking forward to that. Anyways, we're going to be going to break. When we come back from break, we're, we really want to chat with Nav. Nav, uh, I know you've been patient here in studio. As soon as we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the Raptors. We're going to talk about what you're doing in, your, in the community. We're certainly looking forward to that. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. 
the boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to have with us in studio this morning prominent businessman, uh, prominent community leader, but more affectionately known as Raptors superfan, Nav Badia. Good morning, Nav. Welcome. Good morning again. We're uh, certainly a great morning in Raptor land this morning. Uh, tremendous result out west yesterday against the, the Clippers and... Uh, uh, the Raptors certainly showed that uh, they're a force to be reckoned with when they tangle with uh, one of those big West Coast uh, Western Conference teams in their own backyard, and uh, they they uh, they come they come out with two points. Uh, your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on the game yesterday and uh, Raptors season so far? Well, that was amazing. I think that was the first test. I think I think this was the biggest game as a test for us. We were in the Western, uh, we are touring. That was our first game in the Western area, Western Conference and Clippers who have, their record is like 8-0 and in that arena. They have not lost a game. And then uh, we coming there and winning by double digit, you know, that was amazing. And uh, we saw what a beautiful game it was because it was a team play. The defenses were good, the team, and there were some there were some plays where you saw every player touch the ball, and that's what basket good basketball is, and uh, that showed off in the result, and we got a big W starting our uh, Western trip. Now you're uh, obviously we want to let listeners listeners who watch the Raptors certainly. Uh, See your um, your face on TV quite a bit as the as the Raptors super fan, and uh, you certainly have a love for the Raptors. And there's a reason you're you're the Raptors super fan is you've never missed a game. You've That's been right. you've been there from day one. Tell us about uh, how you got interested in basketball and how you developed this huge passion for the Toronto Raptors. Well, it was '95, and I had been in the country for almost 11 years, and I was uh, getting to be a comfortable immigrant settling down, and uh, basketball had always, uh, I had always loved basketball because it is an entertaining game to see on the TV, and I used to see Chicago, LA, Boston play, but Watching the game right in the court side, right in the arena live is a just to a different level. So I, at that time, I started going to the games and I fell in love. And, you know, from the very first game, I've never missed a single game so far. Nav, you have some uh, close relationships with some of the players who've played in the past and who are playing now. Who is your favorite player? My you know, this is a tough question because you're putting me on a spot, but I'm going to answer you because everybody is my favorite. When they are Raptors or even when they're playing basketball, I love my basketball players. But I have to say Vince is my most favorite player, not because he's only a good baller, but also what he has done for our community, for the young kids and for the country as a whole. I got. I want to follow up on that point, Nav, because we talked about this uh, a little bit off the air before we came on the air. And, and there's there's parts of Vince, obviously Vince, Vince. We're obviously talking about Vince Carter. Um, there's parts of what Vince did in Toronto, or and what he continues to do for the Toronto basketball community that isn't well known uh, amongst um, amongst a lot of us. So tell us a little bit about how Vince involved himself in the community and how he made a difference. 
uh, to basketball in Toronto and in Canada? Because I know you re- you've got you call them your young boys. Yes, uh, Tristan and, uh, and Anthony and Wiggins. You call them your your, your boys. And he certainly made a difference. Tell us a little bit about that, about that part of Vince and what he did for basketball and for our community. Well, Vince was not just a slam dunk champion. Vince was not just a hell of a player. He was not just a hell of an athlete. But what he did uh, with the community and especially the young kids, I believe in the last 20 years, I've never seen an athlete who has committed himself to the community and the kids as much as Vince did. Every year he was in Toronto, he had a camp where he would, where he would bring five to 600 kids. If they were able to afford it, it's fine. If they were not able to afford it, we always found a way to have their ways paid into the camp. And I believe that was the input which he gave to the community and the society in GTA in Ontario that we see the results today that Andrew Wigan number one pick this year Anthony Bennett number one pick last year Tristan Thompson what a great basketball in make basketball player in making these are all the products of Vince's time and they were motivated. And if you ask them, you know, if you have an opportunity ever to ask these players, the Canadian-born basketball players, that who was your motivational force, they will all say one name, and that's Vince Carter. Fascinating. Um, Got to ask you, you you're, you're renowned for having a very famous saying. And um, saw this. I see this. I see this quite often. When you see the the name Nav uh, Batia, uh, you're in quotation marks. Uh, you, you've said it a zillion times. You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't womanize, but you raptorize. Yes, that's true. You know well, why? What does that mean? What does that mean? I tell you. Tell, you tell know me. why? A lot of people, including my wife, thinks that I'm an addict. Because addict is a guy who cannot stay without something and uh, that he will do, he or she will do anything in order to support that habit. And I have a habit of uh, watching basketball and uh, I do anything for that. And it's an expensive habit. But uh, you know what? I always say I work very hard. I work seven days a week. But I always say that I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't womanize, I just raptorize. That's that's great. Love it. So now, that's how the, that's how that saying has been viral, has become viral. Now, what do you think of this year's uh, team? Uh, I see some stability in the management that I don't see in the other team pro teams in 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 the city. What do you think of? Uh, the management team of the Raptors, well, that's especially the, the coach. I, uh, well, I think that's what that's why we are uh, enjoying these wins because we don't have any big superstars in the team. It is a team. We we had a very good season last year. We were in the playoff, and we continued with that. All our basic core, the nucleus of the team, stayed the same. The coaches were the same. The players were the same. We were able to sign uh, Laurie back. Who's who's a big uh, factor in our team, and then we were able to add people like James Johnson and Lou Williams and make our team uh, uh, the bench, you know, deeper. So I think it's a team, and you see the game. We all play as a team. One day it is JV, is it's a Jonas Valchunas 
the player of the game. One day it's Laurie, one day it could be DeMar, one day it could be Lou Williams, and the other day it might be Velochusas. So, you know, there is a lot of, uh, everybody sort of has their, we are playing as a team, and we are passing the ball, and we are trusting in each other. If you were watching, if the people who were watching the game last night, you must have seen there were six or seven passes, and there were mm-hmm. some shots taken at the fourth second or the third se- the last three seconds of the of the play. Because they're trusting in each other. It's a team. They trust each other. It doesn't matter who's going to take the shot, but they're going to take the best shot. And the other, the other big factor for the, and we, we've said it, thank God for the Toronto Raptors in Toronto, because if it wasn't for the Toronto Raptors, it would have been the most miserable year in Toronto sports history because everything that else that happened to all the Toronto sports teams. And the one athlete on the Toronto Raptors, that, and, and Naz and I have talked about him, especially in the playoffs, and he, he, he's just he's the heart and soul of the team. I know that you, you, you may not have any favorites, but I have a favorite on the Raptors, and it's Kyle Lowry. Yes. This man plays with heart and soul. He gives it all, and he wants the ball at all times, and, and he, he, ta- he takes the team on his back. And he takes the team to a different level. He's the best athlete on any Toronto professional sports team right now. And I I just think what turned this team around is when they brought Kyle Lowry in. Yes. And I think uh, Kyle Lowry, initially when he came, was a different Kyle Lowry. I don't know if you know. But now Kyle Lowry is much, he's matured. He's a father. And he's a very good uh, teammate. He's not just Kyle Lowry about Kyle Lowry himself. Him, DeMar, and the rest of the team has gelled a lot. They have become very close to each other. And like I said, yes, he wants to have the ball. He's the, he's the quarterback. He's the point guard of the team. But he, will, he does the right things. He gives the opportunity and passes the ball in the right way all the most of the time, I should say that. So it's a team sport, a team thing again, which everybody is, uh, they're preaching that and they're following it. Now, let's get back to Vince Carter for a sec. I heard something on uh, one of the sports casts. I think it was the primetime sports. And uh, they mentioned the fact that uh, Vince had agreed to stay here at some point in time. And uh, he went to Babcock, the general manager, at one time and uh, tried to patch things up. And uh, they made the trade. Is it true that Vince did go to uh, Babcock and said he would stay with the Raptors? Well, let me tell you one thing. Vince and his family loved Toronto very much. Vince, this was Vince's city. Vince loved that. I can say that. And the situation around him, he was forced to be traded. He was, he was sort of, I, I can only say that he was forced with the situation he had around him and the way his family was being treated, that he had to do that because otherwise Vince Carter would be still a Raptor. Uh, Nav, uh, we're talking to Nav Bhatia, of course, prominent Raptors super fan and uh, prominent uh, community leader and prominent businessman. And uh, one one area I do uh, in the few minutes we have left because we've got to get to the Nazi and Wally Awards, the top ten of the year. But I, I do want to ask you, you're uh, you're you're an incredible success story, Nav, and um, you 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 did a recent talk on TEDx. Uh, you, people can find it if you want to find it. You can find it on YouTube or online. And uh, you were asked to give a, a talk about your experiences and your message. And, uh, you know, you, you're, you're the classic uh, American dream story. You came here and you've done incredibly well for yourself. T- tell us a little bit uh, what, you, what you would want to tell other people, how you inspire other people to, uh, 
to uh, do things that they think they're not capable of? Well, I came to this country in 1984 after a very rough time in India during the Sikh aeroids. So I was in the new in the country. I'm a mechanical engineer by education. I couldn't get a job, but I was ready to do anything to be in a safe country. When you've gone through the riots and the guns and all those things, you know, and the fights, you come to a country like Canada and get an opportunity. We are willing to do anything we have to do. And this country, which I call, if there is a heaven on this earth, Canada is the heaven, gave me the opportunity. I was blessed to migrate here and gave me the opportunity to be successful. And uh, I and the people around in this area, in the GTA and Ontario, they were all, I was blessed to be around in this area. And I think all the success comes because I came to Canada and it gave me the honest opportunity to succeed. And today I have 152 people who work with me at my dealerships and they work very hard. They're from different parts of the world and they, they are making me successful. We are Mississauga Hyundai is the number one dealer in Canada of all the Hyundai dealership. It's because of the team I have, 152 people. Again, it comes to the team thing. It's not just in the Raptors, the team thing. It's also in my personal life, the business. It's the team thing. We are all on the same page and we all want to win. So I'm very blessed to be a Canadian and uh, a part of this successful story. Now, you're, uh, you have an official designation with the Raptors. You're an official Raptors ambassador. Yes, I am. Now, tell uh, me what that means. What does that... Well, you know what? Uh, there was a time 20 years ago when there were hardly 5 to 10 South Asian people coming to the game of basketball, the Raptors game. So what I did is, in 99, when we moved to Air Canada Center, I started... Uh, uh, we started uh, two games. Uh, at that particular time, we started celebrating the Sikhs New Year. Year. If uh, you know, I'm a Sikh by religion. I'm a Sikh from India, and uh, we started a game called Besakhi Day game, where we would bring few thousand South Asian people and underprivileged kids from other communities to the game of basketball on that day. And slowly, we have been doing that for 15 years, and all these kids now are grown up, and they are uh, uh, they are working, and they have become the fan, and they are buying their tickets. And now, I'm, I can proudly say that we have thousands of paying South Asian fans which come to the game of basketball. And I believe the Raptors and the NBA. I, I got to tell you here that and, uh, Raptors is the, for the last five years, has been the top uh, team to get the most ethnic people into the game. So they have been given the award every, every year for the last five years. So the Raptors and the South Asian are a big part of the Raptors fan base. So they gave me the, uh, they gave me a title last year called the South Asian Ambassador. Fantastic. You've been going to the game since ninth, first game 1995, right? Yes. Now, what is your most memorable game? I know there's a lot of games, but the most memorable one. I have one, but what's I, yours? I have the one where we beat, we beat Chicago Bulls. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, very That's one of the games which we beat Chicago Bulls. And then one game which is, uh, happened in New York, uh, which, where we won, the, uh, we won the game, we won the playoff series against New York Knicks. And uh, that was a quite uh, a 
rewarding experience for me it's being at uh, Madison Square Garden and winning the series you know the game uh, the game I was at was the one where uh, Philly played Toronto in game six yes Iverson and Carter I think scored 54 that's right yes and you know I never I've been to a lot of sporting events I've never heard a crowd that loud as that night Well, I think then you must have missed some games this year in the playoffs because the seventh playoff game this year against Brooklyn, you couldn't even hear the referees even couldn't hear the, you couldn't even hear the whistle. So that was the loudest game. The seventh game this year with Brooklyn was the loudest I've ever been to. Incredible. Nav, we have a very short amount of time. I want to ask you that question talking about Raptor crowds because we've been big critics of of Maple Leaf uh, crowds and on, on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, but you, you travel to a lot of uh, different cities yes. and watch basketball. Is, uh, is the Raptor crowd the best, best crowd in basketball right now? By far. By far. There is no comparison. You know, I mean, I travel to all the playoff games uh, during this Brooklyn series, and the intensity of the game with the fans of the Raptors is much on a higher level. And especially in Toronto, when you're watching, we have a sold out 20,500 inside and you have 11,000 people at the outside at the Maple Square watching the game. I mean, that's amazing. That doesn't happen anywhere. And I believe that uh, all over the North America, people have noticed that passion about the Raptors fans and everybody's talking about it. Now, that's a question I was just going to ask you about. Do you talk to any players from other teams when they uh, that uh, that play there, and what do they think of the uh, the city of Toronto? Oh, they love it. I talk to all the time. I talk to all the time. I talk to the coaches. I talk to the the players because I have a lot of friends with the referees and with the owners. I talk to Mark Cuban all the time. Yeah. So even Mark Cuban says that, hey, you know, Nav, your city is the best fan base. You know, everybody noticed that. And, you know, any, any blind person can notice when they watch the TV on the playoffs and there are 10, 11,000 people outside and there are 20,500 people inside and out of them, about 1,000 people are standing for three hours to watch the game of basketball. Question for you. Who is, do we have a shot to win the NBA championship this year? You know, we always have a shot. We never say no, right? But it is a... We have to. We are in the right direction. Let me just put it that, and we continue. Every game is an important game towards that, but uh, uh, we are in the right directions. We are playing as a team, and yes, we all have a shot to do that. Anyways, we've been talking with Nav Batia, Raptor superfan. Nav, we certainly love your passion. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been great having you in studio. You've certain given given Naz and Wally a jolt of energy this morning. Thanks so much for dropping by. And uh, just before we go to break, when we come back from break, Naz and Wally will be giving away the Nazi and the Wally Awards, the top ten interview interviews of the year. Certainly looking forward to that. And uh, Nav. You know what? If we had a hat, John, maybe a month ago, we would have put you in contention for, for top oh. ten. We're going to put you on the list for next year. Well, thank you Anyways. very much. Thank you very much for having me here. And then come back and join us, please. Anytime. Anyways, we'll be, be, Thanks, we'll, we'll be back shortly. Thank you. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Peterville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca.
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. That was certainly... uh Fun and uh, interesting interview with Nav Batty, a Raptor super fan. Nav, thanks so much for coming in studio this morning, and uh, that was great. Uh, before we get to the uh, the Nazi and Wally 2014 awards, a little bit of housekeeping here. It's time for our scruples contest. These cards, these hundred-dollar gift cards, have been big items. Getting some feedback from some of our listeners that have utilized them, they've been great items. Um, please give us a call. These uh, gift cards, you want to score some points with that special someone, either a uh, gift card, $100 gift card, give us a call at 1-866-740-0740-416-360-0740. Hot items, $100 gift cards at Scruple Salon, two locations, one in Woodbridge, one in Pickering, www dot scruplesalon.com second caller wins a hundred dollar gift card call real quick they're hot items thanks so much and uh on the naz and wally show it's our year-end show 2014 we've been a big sponsor of uh, the foundation fighting blindness the whole year it's an organization that's uh close to the hearts of myself and our angelo from pizzaville our chief sponsor the foundation fighting blindness they're doing fantastic work relieving uh, and restoring sight, restoring sight to hundreds of thousands of Canadians. Uh, 
eye disease is a very serious matter. It's debilitating both physically and psychologically and emotionally. The Foundation Fighting Blindness, www.ffb.ca. Well, Naz, we've got a little bit of time left in the year. It's time for the Naz and uh, the Nazi and the Wally Awards. We've had some fantastic uh, guest interviews this year, and we decided to do something special for our first year-end show, is, is give out our top ten list. Uh, the Nazis and the Wallies, you've got your top ten, and I've got my top ten. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some names out at you here, Naz, and you tell me what all these people have in common. Uh, Rick Azar. Rick Jenneret, Joe Delamalur, Johnny Rogers, Tom Henke, Rudy, yeah, the Rudy, Mike Fuda, Gus and Michael Del Cole, Leo Routens, Matt Devlin, Dick Irvin, Daryl Sittler, Marcel Dion, Steve Shutt, Spider Jones, Dion Phaneuf. What do they all have in common, Ness? They were all on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. And this wasn't, uh, this, I never rehearsed this, guys. <laughs> None of our shows ever rehearsed. They were all on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour at some point this year, but there's something else they have in common. They didn't make my top ten list. So listen to the quality of some of those guys, and they didn't even make my top ten list. So we had, we had some fascinating interviews this year, and uh, I want to reflect on, on, on some of them. Um, that didn't even make the top 10 list. Daryl Sittler was on our show about a month ago, and he said something very interesting, Ness. Uh, uh, your recollections of that interview? Well, he, he pointed out something that he, this came out of left field because nobody knew about this, uh, that he was offered the uh, coaching job of the Toronto Maple Police when Pat Burns was let go in the 96-97 season. And I had never heard that until our show, and it was just uh, unbelievable that he would come out with that. Yeah, I had quite a few listeners that mentioned to me they never heard that Daryl Sittler had been offered the coaching job of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was certainly very interesting. Um, Rick Jenneret, uh, of course, the infamous Rick Jenneret from Buffalo Sabres uh, fame, play-by-play announcer, May Day, May Day, May Day, and La 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 Fontaine. We had him on the air the Day, the morning after he returned to the broadcast booth after a bout with throat cancer. And that was, uh, that was certainly a thrill for us. It was. It, it was a lot of timing things, I guess, with our interviews. And that was amazing that we had him on the next morning. And it wasn't planned that, that way. It just ended up happening, right? And uh, Rick uh, was a good sport, and uh, he was a great interview, too. Um Gus and Michael Del Cole, we did something interesting just before the NFL draft. Um, it was the Sunday before the NFL draft. We decided to get, obviously, we knew Michael Del Cole was going to be drafted very high in the draft. Uh, but we decided to do something different. We wanted to interview the father. And uh, it was something, st- I, I asked uh, uh, an interesting question that sort of stuck in my mind ever since that Sunday morning. I asked Gus, his father, um, when did you first realize Michael was going to be an NHL player? And he gave me a striking answer. And he said it was Sunday before the draft that Friday. He said he still hadn't realized it yet. And I, I found that quite, uh, quite, quite an interesting answer. It was he knew deep down, but it, it sort of hadn't hit him yet. And, of course, Michael's drafted fifth overall five days later. And I'm sure when, when, when Michael Del Cole put that New York Islander sweater, it finally hit his father. 
that yeah, my son's going to be an NHL player. I thought that was I thought that was pretty fascinating. Very interesting that we had a father's perspective on it and uh, took a different uh, different uh, edge to the interview because a lot of people just look at the kid and or interview the the athlete and not the, the parents. And uh, it was quite uh, quite uh, a nice morning to hear the stuff, the compliments of the parent because the parents are involved heavily in kids' sports and sometimes they get thrown to the side. And don't get the credit. And Gus, uh, you raised a very good kid, that's for sure. Uh, Another very interesting interview, uh, didn't make the top 10, but certainly our honorable mention list, was Joe Delamalure, Hall of Fame Fame, uh, lineman, offensive lineman with the Buffalo Buffalo Bills in the the 70s, part of what they guess, I guess they called them the electric company, didn't you? You're a big Bills fan, Naz. Still am a big Bills fan. (laughs) Suffered last week against (laughs) Oakland, though, I'll tell you. Anyways, Joe Delamalure, we, we, we interviewed him. He was actually in a bus. On the way to Rich, uh, I guess it's Ralph Wilson Stadium now, was Rich Stadium in the old days. He was in the bus with with Reggie McKenzie and a whole bunch of other uh, Buffalo Bills on the way to the Buffalo Bills reunion that particular Sunday morning. And that was two days after there was uh, an article in the New York Times about uh, concussions and NFL players. And uh, I asked him a question. He was I asked him a question about that New York Times article, and he was actually reading that article uh, as just you, yeah. as 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 uh, when we were talking to him. And one of the striking things that came out of that interview, of course, concussions in the NFL have been um, obviously in the forefront uh, this particular year, amongst other things in the NFL and the whole lawsuit. And Joe Delamalure did not take part of that lawsuit because he didn't think the result was fair to the players. And what came out of that was a very striking statistic, which I, you know, I sort of stayed with me. And it came up in the in the Joe Theismann interview. One out of every three NFL players will suffer some form of brain disease by the time they're the age of 55 years old. I just found that astounding. And he was he was quite bitter, um, in 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 a positive sense, in a professional in way, a professional yeah. way that he didn't feel that the NFL was treating him fairly. They didn't feel like they were taking care of their own, all the injured players, all the destitute players, all the players that couldn't even pay for their own medical expenses. They had to have their hands out to pay for their. And I just found that I just find the way that sometimes professional sports leagues treat their uh, the, the players that built the league's astounding, just shameful, just absolutely shameful. Uh, and, and that's what I took away from that interview. Uh, but without, uh, uh, without further, Rick Gazar, he was, uh, he was a legend from our yeah, past. Rick was Naz. good. Uh, his, uh, his, uh, attraction of, uh, Phyllis, uh, Gretzky was something else, right? <laughs> uh, Wayne Gretzky had to get an autograph of Rick Gazar for his mother. That was, but, Unbelievable. But the, yeah, the, the great thing about that interview is we uh, we grew up listening to Rick Azar, yeah. and it and it was uh, it was hard to believe he hadn't been on the air since 1989. It just seems it was like yesterday. We used to listen to him like every night for I don't know how many years watching uh, watching sports from Buffalo, and uh, you just picked up the phone and you called him, and uh, I think it was in North Carolina, right now. Yeah, he was in North Carolina, and he was glad to come on. He, he was, was very happy. And, I, and we find that amongst uh, just to share a little personal insight with some of our listeners. Um, and we find that with a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, I don't like to call them old timers because when I called, when I called Johnny Rogers, missed, uh, the ordinary superstar, an old timer, he got offended. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, be careful what terms we use, but, uh, some of our more senior, uh, sports figures, let's call them that. Um, they just love coming on. 
Uh, you know, we, I've had, and in you, the same with you, Nez, you've had some incredible conversations off the air yeah. with, with some of these gentlemen. They just, they're just so appreciative sometimes, um, certainly with some of the people that I've called. Maybe you might want to share some of your stories, Nez. Well, Dick Irvin was one, and he's, uh, he, I, I know him really well now. <laughs> the number of conversations I've had with him in the past uh, couple of months. And very grateful. Thank you for thinking of me. Here's a legend like Dick Irvin. Can you imagine? Thank you for thinking of me. An amazing, amazing broadcaster. And he was with Danny Gallivan and Bob Cole and all the major people in Hockey Night in Canada. And he was kind of the Montreal Canadiens. He was. You know? Certainly, yeah. And here's a guy saying thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. This is how they appreciate being on. Anyways, without further ado, the uh, night the 2014 year-end Nazi and Wally Awards. Number 10 on my list, Naz. Marv Levy, who's number 10 on your list? My my list is going to come off the cuff here because okay. uh, uh, I did put a list together because I kind of changed it when I read an article on, on somebody. So I'm going to... I'm going to say Tim Raines is my number 10. Oh, fantastic. Tim Raines, people, he's about to go into the uh, MLB Hall of Fame, I do believe, come January 6th. Tim Raines, the reason why that interview stood out is he he answered how he became a base stealer. And that still is in the back of my mind what he said. He said, I used to study the pitchers, the timing. And, and we're wins. certainly going to talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've Tim got ba- was awesome. We've got Baseball Hall of Fame inductions coming up, uh, I think, a week Tuesday, and we're, we're, we're going to talk about Tim Raines next Sunday. Marv Levy, what I take, take away, took away from that interview, one of, an incre- one of the classiest gentlemen you'd ever want to interview. 89 years old, absolutely sharp, absolutely superb memory, uh, remembered the score of the Grey Cup game in 1977 with the Montreal Alouettes, and I, 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 I got a... I got the opportunity to ask him a very interesting question. Um, I asked him what, of course, Marv Levy was a, uh, was a, was a professor. He was an, an intellectual in a lot of ways, uh, master's in English literature from Harvard University. I asked him what his favorite novel was, and, and he answered Charles Dickens' um, Great Expectations. And as, as it happened, I had just finished reading Great Expectations the week before, and I just, I just found that so coincidental. Anyways, we've got to roll along here. Number nine on my list, Naz, Ken Reed, which was we had him uh, a week ago. Ken Reed of uh, Fan 590, uh, co-anchor now of, uh, of uh, Prime Time with Bob McCowan, uh, took us down memory lane, got to talk about hockey cards. Uh, we talked about his book about hockey cards for about 20 minutes, and it just, I just, I was in studio, and I felt like I was 10 years old again. And uh, he was, he was such a a, um, a pleasure to to talk to, um, a really, really nice human being. That's just the sense I got about Ken Reed. Yeah, Ken Reed is uh, the ultimate professional, very confident, and uh, he was quite good. I had a, quite a bit of a response on that show from last week. How good he was. Yeah, I've certainly uh, really enjoyed him. Number eight on my list, and I think he's higher up on your list, Naz, Angelo Mosca, uh, a legend. Oh, my. Uh, CFL, wrestling, we, we, had, we had a lot of fun with Angelo Mosca. The interesting part about that interview that sticks out in my mind uh, when I was researching it, I was completely unaware of this, and we talked a little bit about it, how difficult it was for him because he actually, uh, I can't remember, I think his, on his, mo- his grandmother was an African-American. 
I mean, everybody knows Angela Mosca as this, you know, garrulous, fun, uh, you know, Italian, Italian-American background. I had no idea that he had African-American blood, and uh, he had to deal with that, and he talked about it a little bit during the interview. I found that pretty fascinating. I was completely taken aback by that. Yeah, Angela Mosca was way up there on my list, uh, being an athlete in two sports. One is a so-called sport. We'll get into that later. But <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But Mosca was refreshing, uh, and he called us a couple of nice guys. Too. I think he invited us for pasta yeah, over at his place. No he was kidding. living down in St. Catharines, Niagara-on-the-Lake. If I, if, I, if I recall correctly, I think... Uh, he told us next time we're down there on a Sunday to come by for Sunday uh, Sunday lunch pasta. So. I really liked Angela Mosca. So, Ange, Ange, if you're listening, we we're, certainly we may take you up on that offer. Number seven on my list, uh, the greatest coach, in, in my opinion, not only in hockey history, but in professional sports history, Scotty Bowman. Um, an incredible thrill. It was just that morning talking to Scotty Bowman. He was... He was uh, sitting at a Chicago Blackhawks training facility at Notre Dame University. They were, it was before the season started. They were, they were in training camp, and um, we spent 10, 10, 12 minutes with him on the Naz and Wally Sports Hours. Just hard to believe that we interviewed Scotty Bowman. We talked about quite a few things, the, 70, uh, the 70s Montreal team and uh, uh, the Canada Cup 76 team where he was the coach, the New Year's Eve game. The infamous 1975 Red Army Montreal Canadian game, that was uh, certainly a thrill to talk to Scotty Bowman about that. Uh, took me a while to get up from my seat after that one. Most impressive thing he did, he went through the whole Chicago Blackhawks depth chart in training camp. And it was just, he, he didn't have any list. He knew that, he knew that right away. He could name him, had no problem whatsoever. Scotty Bowman was a, uh, was the best coach. Classic or, guy, took the time for us on a Sunday morning, um... And uh, treat us with respect. I, you know, I really, really, uh, really appreciated that. It left a lot of good feelings with us. Number six was just in studio a little, uh, a few weeks back. Mister Irresistible, Sweet Daddy Seeky. That was that was uh, that was an interesting hour. I mean, one thing I noticed is when you interview ex-broadcasters and ex-wrestlers, there's never a dull moment. No, no kidding. Uh, Sweet Daddy was pretty good. But, you know, he doesn't go on my list, and either the, we, we interviewed Abdullah the Butcher, too. So, he's on your list. Uh, no, he's not on my list either. <laughs> they were disqualified because wrestling is not a real sport. Well, we, we can quibble about that. You disqualified them. I just found out what a couple you give of days a, ago. What'd you get? Did you no, bring in no, the referee no. and give him no. a 10 count? What'd <laughs> you do? A, no, he was, uh, he was pretty good. Uh, good. Good sport, too. And uh, he's a uh, sweet daddy. You can find him every Saturday afternoon down at the Duke doing karaoke. He came in studio and uh, uh, classy guy. You know, we had, we, had, we had a lot of fun with sweet daddy. Um, some interesting times in, in the wrestling wars in the Toronto area in the, in the 60s and 70s. Talked about Bobo Brazil and the Sheik and the Weasel and, uh, you know, the one and, and all thing- those characters. That, uh, but he was, he was the ladies' man. The one thing is that, uh, you know, Sweet Daddy Seeky, when the Scruples uh, gift card became available, <laughs> we had to tell him off air that uh, he couldn't be uh, joining in on it to go to the spa. Anyways, Naz, we're into my top five Wallies of the year. Number five on September 28th on this show uh, was an incredibly special show. Uh, it was the 42nd anniversary or... May you know my zoomer my zoomer brain doesn't work as 42 well as years. Was it yep. 42 years? I yep. I'm making it I'm having difficulty making those mathematical calculations nowadays. It was 42 years to the day game eight in Moscow. 
And we had an incredible show that morning. We had Phil Esposito and Paul Henderson on the same show. Uh, actually, we had Paul Henderson first, and Phil came afterwards. And uh, Paul is Paul Henderson, which is he's, he's just a nice, nice man. And uh, we talked uh, at length, a very incredibly positive individual, incredibly positive given the personal challenges he's had to, he's had to face in the last few years. Uh, of course, he's had some health problems, and, and uh, we talked to him a bit about that, and we talked to him about uh, what uh, September 28th, 1972 meant to him and what it continues to mean to him. And uh, certainly that was, uh, that was uh, a very, very... Um, it was a nice 15 minutes with Paul Henderson reliving uh, some of his current uh, current uh, moments and certainly the great moments from the past. Yeah, that uh, Paul Henderson was uh, was quite good. That whole show is, if we could do it for a show, one show that was the show of the year for sure. That yeah, we certainly and, call that and, the show of the year. And, Paul Henderson and 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 Phil Esposito on the same show. That was that was pretty remarkable for us. Yeah, and uh, Paul Henderson, uh, really nice guy, and uh, he would come on any time with us. He was, uh, he was quite. Uh, he gets asked these questions all the time, and he was gracious enough to do that. But we get to Phil Esposito later. Uh, number four on my list on the the fourth top interview of the year for Wally. We're giving him the Wally of uh, number four of the year. Joe Theismann, another legend from our past. And as I go down the list of who we've interviewed, the amount of what I call sports legends and Hall of Famers, absolutely amazing. Joe Theismann, uh, what stood out to me about that interview was two things. Um, number one was we talked about the 1971 Argos, and, um, and, he, and he rhymed off all the guys that he played with and yeah. all those characters, Marv Luster and Tony Morrow. And, and McQuay and Tony Morrow and all. He had a list of about 10 guys that he rhymed off, and he was telling me that they, they you know, had gotten together with them, I think, in Calgary a few years back, and they, they had such a great time. But he certainly certainly has uh, great memories of his time in Toronto, and he's, and he's back here every now and then. The other thing I remember about that interview is just – it was just around the time when they were doing the concussion settlement in, um, in, uh, on the NFL side. And the last question, I really I had no idea I was going to get this answer. I just asked it, which was, uh, has he ever had any concussions in his, in his career? I had no idea what the answer to that was and whether he was suffering. And, of course, we all remember Joe Theismann because of his broken leg when, when Lawrence Taylor snapped his leg in half. And he said, yeah, that he was suffering from concussion systems and he was part of the settlement. And, and he does suffer symptoms at times and he has to lean on his, on his family members and his wife to assist him sometimes. Um, I found that a striking answer. I had no idea yeah, about the, that. that. That had never been heard before. Yeah, too. Never, never heard about that. Anyways, we're down to the top three and we've got five minutes left. So we've got a motor along here. Uh, number three of the year for me, Phil Esposito. I'll let you take this one over, Naz, because uh, that, uh, that was certainly fascinating talking to Phil. Phil started the interview pretty rough with you, Wally, and you seemed to get out of that pretty good. Yeah, and, I get, and, get, uh, ended up turning out to be a terrific interview. He, as, as I found out over the weekend, he is a tough guy to get uh, to interview because he doesn't like the Toronto media very much. And uh, he uh, released some statements and... Uh, I, re- I really like Phil Esposito. Uh, I mean, that was one of the top interviews for what sure. What I remember about that interview, I had no, I totally forgotten about this. Uh, but he had a he had a forty two year old daughter pass away a few years back, 
And I remember when I asked them the question, I said, Phil, this is a very sensitive topic for you, I know, and I'm going to ask it, but if you choose not to answer it, I'll understand. I, I thought maybe he didn't want to get into that area. And I said, I asked him how the, how the passing away of his daughter had affected his life. And, 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 I, and I, I didn't get the answer that I thought I was going to get. And the answer I got was, it's made him a huge critic of the universal healthcare system. Yeah. And we talked about that because he didn't feel that his daughter got the medical care um, that that would have saved her life. And he was he was quite poignant when, when he said that. I you know, And that sort of took me aback. Anyways, number two on our list, a personal favorite for me, uh, Eddie Andelman, the godfather of sports radio. This is a, a personal favorite interview of mine. Eddie Andelman may not be well known to uh, our listeners, but he was sort of an inspiration to me back in the 1970s. He had a great talk radio show in Boston. He was the most famous sports talk radio host in uh, in the world for probably a good 10 years on, on, on a show called The Sports Huddle in Boston. And uh, uh, I always remembered that show when I was growing up. I always listened to it, and I got the opportunity to call Eddie Andelman and uh, really talk to somebody who inspired me to acquire this love of sports broadcasting. And I just he's a very interesting gentleman, and the thing I took away from that interview was sports is all about fun. And uh, we better get... To our number one, Naz, we've got three, three, four minutes left. Number one interview of the year for me, Naz, I'll let you guess it. Dave Keon. Dave Keon, my personal favorite. Dave Keon has uh, a reputation for being sort of, I don't want to say a bad reputation, but he doesn't, he's not as prominent as perhaps in the press, and he's, he's very, a, a very private gentleman. And what I took away from Dave Keon, and you spoke to him a few times as well, yep. is that He's, he's a private gentleman, but very respectful. Yes, very respectful. Very respectful. We called him. Uh, we left a message. He called us back right away. He answered the phone when we called, um, uh, answered our questions, spent 16 minutes with uh, on the air, and he was my boyhood hero. And I remember after that interview, we're sitting in Studio Naz. You couldn't get me out of my seat. For I, sure. I was sort of awestruck. I mean, the one thing about that I will say um, – you know what? We're, there's a lot of cynics in this world, a lot of cynics in this business. Sports broadcasting is a really, really tough business. Uh, but um, you know what? We just had fun. We had fun. Yeah, we did. We and did. and, and it, it, was, it was almost like a dream come true, being, being able to interview Dave Keon. Really loved that interview. It was my number one top interview of the year. And that was with Dick Irvin, which was uh, the uh, was great too. We did have Dick Irvin and then and, Dave and, and Keon, Dave back Keon to talking back. about Jean Bellabo. Wow, that what was, that was incredible. That was a day. Got a minute and a half left. Uh, we wanted to do the top ten interviews of next year that we're looking forward to. It unfortunately we'll have to do that. We'll do that next week, Naz. A couple of thank yous. It's it's uh, we've been on the air for almost a year My now. My favorite was Angela Mosca, by the way. Angela Mosca. Some thank yous we have to we have to we have to thank Neil Durning, uh, inspirational, helped put us back together. We've been off. Uh, we did this when we were younger. We always kept the dream alive, and he he helped us put that dream back together and put us back on the air. Angelo Contardi from Pizzaville, thanks for all your sponsorship. You've been fantastic. Without you, we couldn't have done this. Uh, Claudio from Steel's Paint, believe me, he is the paint man in Canada. Uh, you need paint. I shop there all the time. It is the biggest paint store in Canada, the best service. Uh, Steel's Paint, absolutely, thank you so much. Dominic at Alt Infinity, 
you personally supplied a few cars in my driveway. It cost me money, but I've got a few Alta Infinities. Uh, thank you for your support. Naz, your company, Titanium, uh, I thank them from the bottom of my heart. My partner, Michael Carley, who allows me to advertise uh, and support the show. Thanks so much, Naz. If I've missed anybody... Look out for the Steelers. Look out for the Steelers if I've missed anybody. I just want to uh, leave it with this. We've got 20 seconds left. Naz, it's been a blast being back on the air with you. Uh, we've never lost, lost our passion for this. Uh, we love doing this. We're fans on the air. We love the people that we talk to. And I'll just finish it with this. There's a line at the end of The Great Gatsby that this reminds me of. And I'll just say it and we'll finish. So we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. We'll see you next week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.